Hello, and welcome to Winning with Connection, the WWC podcast. I am Lauren Weiner, and I'm here with Carly Morgan, who is a principal with Shoemaker Advisors Florida. And she is a government relations professional uh, who has been around the government relations world for a while, not too long. I'm not calling her old, but uh, but she's been around government relations. Uh, and I've worked with Carly in multiple iterations of jobs over the last uh, 10 years or so. Carly, thank you so much. Welcome. Can you give me a little bit about what your role is now and what your background is? Sure. Well, I'm so glad to be here. Um, so I started my career in policy and in government relations from within, which is the start of many people in my field. And I worked for a member of Congress as a legislative assistant, focusing on a number of different issue areas um, and decided to move back home to Tampa, where I grew up, but I hadn't been in quite a while. Worked in, in a district office for the same member um, here and then moved on into the private sector, coming at it from the, the opposite direction. So I worked um, for the local chamber, heading their government relations department. Um, and now I am with Shoemaker Advisors, where we do public affairs, which is government relations plus the traditional advocacy that you think of, lobbying to local, state, and federal governments, both the legislative side and the administrative side. But then also other things that come with that. That's the plus part. Some coalition building when needed or getting third-party validators for, for um, organizations that need to come at problems from, from different ways that are not just directly legislative or government-related. Um, we do business-to-business -business services, business-to-government services, things like that. Great. Great. So it's funny. We have been, maybe because of my background, we as a company have been really comfortable around understanding the, the, the role of government relations and the role particularly of relationships with leaders, you know, politicians, as well as kind of public policy leaders in business. But I think a lot of people don't. Right. A lot of people are like, why would you why would you ever do that? You're not you know, that, that doesn't matter to me. They're over there. Let's talk a little bit about how it helps to have relationships with our members of Congress, for example. I mean, I, you know, I think we have here in Tampa, we have a an amazing congressional delegation that cuts. I'm trying to think of the four that are right around the Tampa Bay area. It's half and half. It's two Democrats, two Republicans kind of across the aisle from most are fairly moderate. Um, but they are incredibly good people to know as a business owner. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think while the problem or lack of awareness of why knowing your congressional delegation is important isn't unique to the world of defense contracting, but I think because most people who are in this industry have, you know, strong relationships within, say, the Pentagon, that there's this sense of like, well, I have this in to know the contracting side, so I think I'm covered. I think I've done it. But there are a lot of other ways that you can interact with 
your elected officials that bring different benefits to the work that you're doing. Um, so one thing to keep in mind, and, and I hope this doesn't sound too simplistic, is that, you know, for all of our members of um, the House, obviously, they have D.C. offices, and then they also have a district office in their actual district in Florida or wherever um, your district is. And then the same is true for our senators. And that's going to be true, again, wherever you are in the country. Um, so there, there, I think there's also sometimes a misconception that D.C. is the only place where you really interact with members of Congress. Um, and that's absolutely not the case. Um, right. Working with district staff can reap lots of benefits and can be and in the district can be a great place to interact with the member as well. Both, you know, it might be doing a tour of your facility. If you have not done that, if you have not invited your members of Congress to tour your facility, you should absolutely do that. They should know who you are. They're, they have a natural interest, right, in national security and in workforce. And so your successes in many ways can be their successes, that you can be part of the narrative that they want to build around how the, the federal government is bringing home jobs and programs to their constituents. You know, that, that's kind of going into another piece of, of this um, puzzle, but there are, there's some kind of PR benefits to some of that that yes. come with that. Yes, yes. So we've been effective, I think, uh, as, a, as a company, and I know a number of other companies here in Tampa are really good about talking to their congressional delegation or their staffers, talking to uh, their city leadership. The mayor here in particular is, and, and you helped us do this, so thank you, uh, remarkably interested in talking to the specific business communities that matter in our area, and one of them for Tampa is government contracting. So she asked us, to pull together that constituency, right? That group of business leaders to say, what are your needs? And out of that, we've gotten some push to do a potentially a public-private partnership on, on a SCIF, a secure facility uh, here in Tampa, talk about some of the types of training or education opportunities that are necessary here you know, for we're hearing from from the, the groups around here that they need people with government accounting uh, or, or understanding government DCA type accounting or proposal writing. And so having that influence within the community really does help us as a, as a broader business community get to where we need to be. That's really the point. It's not, you know, people think, I think, or at least I've heard people say, why would you ever go do government relations unless you're trying to get pork, unless you're trying to get something put into an appropriations bill? But that's really not what you're looking to do there. You're, you talked about kind of visibility and influence and making sure they know you and they know kind of who you are as a firm. That's really what you're yeah. getting out of this, right? And that's why you put either your own your own time resources into making those connections or resources into you having those connections is for that. 
what else do you use them for? What else can you use kind of your relationships with congressionals to do? Sure. So going, staying kind of homegrown um, first, you know, they're using the example you just talked about of where um, the mayor reached out, wanted to know about this industry, wanted to hear about this industry um, and how, how it's interacting locally. Um, one, it's, it's the chance to highlight that, you know, the high paying jobs. They come in defense contracting, the way in which you bring jobs and you bring high-skilled workers to the area, right? That's, that's always going to be a win. But, and from that, you're, you're exposing yourself to potential new business partners, mm-hmm. um, you know, other companies you might want to work with, supply chain marketing, mm-hmm. um, ways in which you, you kind of broaden your perspective and your notoriety locally and maybe even beyond that. Um, but then, so that's really just talking about the local piece. But when we, when we look at DC and we look at what Congress can do as opposed to just where, where I think lots of defense contractors are already working is they kind of, they're, they're focusing on their contacts within the departments in which they seek contracts. Congress can, you know, protect the, the president's budget and the account line for the program that you're, that you work through, right? Mm-hmm. They can make sure that that isn't defunded. They can add to that fund if you recognize that, um, you know, additional dollars could do X or Y, they can help you get the additional funding into that account. Now, that is not directly appropriations for your company, right? That's, it's not, it is not the pork that historically people have thought about as appropriations, that's not even allowed anymore, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's about the programs themselves. They can also amend unfavorable policy or create new policy. Like if there are restrictions on who qualifies for a specific kind of contract or new funding requirements that are being added in that weren't there before, they can help amend that policy to be more favorable to, to your company and, and the um the profile of how you work. Right. And then again, kind of going back to those less tangible pieces, there's also, you know, when you've got a member of Congress who's writing a press release about the incredible contract you're bringing back home, there's the PR piece that goes with that, but you've also now got this, this tangible thing that provides affirmation of good standing for other funding by showing a good record of work. And I'm, I'm aware of companies that have used that kind of recognition by members of Congress when they're looking to get, say, state contracts or yeah. um, even private contracts, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we've used um, our, our congressional delegation on a couple of, of uh, issues. A, a well-timed letter from a congressperson on an intractable issue can be invaluable. So when our 8A paperwork was stuck in uh, SBA, uh, for example, and we were, you know, we'd been going back and forth a couple of times and they just delayed it and they just weren't moving on it. A quick letter from, uh, from Kathy Castor's office, we got a call a day later. So, you know, those kind of things really do help. And that's the constituent services that they're supposed to be doing. Um, the other thing that we, you and I have talked about a lot uh, over the years is just making sure that the 
they understand what the issues are that you're facing. I mean, in this COVID crisis, one of the things we were able to do very effectively was be the voice for uh, a number of our congressional delegation uh, staffers who were reaching out to us and saying, hey, what's going on? What's your fear? What's your concern? How are the commands handling uh, your ability to telework, for example? How are they, uh, before all the legislation came out, what kind of things are you are you worried about and what kind of things can we do in legislation? After the legislation came out, how is this being interpreted? How is this being, uh, imp- how are, is it impacting what your regular operations are? And, you know, because we had built those relationships over, I don't know, 10 years, they were reaching out to us. Now, I tried to reach out to other firms that weren't in the same uh, space that we or that, that weren't in, had didn't have the same visibility uh, with those offices and with those staffers that we do to make sure that I was representing effectively in having relationships with the the congressionals or again the mayor um the city council when there is something that comes up that becomes a really effective talking point or or touch point for you to be able to influence how that emergency or how that issue gets resolved so you know the covid crisis is a really good example of this for us because we had those relationships across across the whole of Tampa Bay, we were getting calls from the senior kind of congressional staffers saying, okay, how is this impacting your industry? First of all, they already knew our industry was really critical to Tampa Bay because we had been saying over and over and over again, with your help, Carly, um, hey, this is a really critical industry for Tampa. Here's how much uh, we bring in. Here's how many jobs it is. As you said, here's the types of jobs that we're bringing in. Um, and this really is important to the Tampa Bay economy. But so they already knew, hey, we've got to reach out to this sector because of the work that you've been doing, uh, because of the work that some of us have been doing and talking to them. But then as they were putting the legislation in place and then as the legislation was getting regulated was getting kind of disseminated they were reaching out to to us and i know to you as well to say what is the impact of this what does this look like and for us to be able to say here's what we're really worried about here's what isn't in legislation but hey can you make sure that the decision makers you know in the office management and budget at ofpp um, the Office of Federal Procurement Policy, Ellen Lord over at DOD are hearing consistent messaging that this is the this is the concern of the industry. And a lot of the policy documents that weren't legislative, although the legislation was really helpful, the policy documents that weren't legislative were probably more influential in our industry than the than the legislation itself. And so having those relationships, having that access, hopefully those of us who had it were able to carry the water of those who didn't. But if you're not there and having those conversations with the right people who are having those conversations, you're 
specific issues aren't getting heard. Um, and exactly. that's, I think that's the biggest thing about, about why you use this or why you do this when you're not a government relations person. Right. Right. And having, um, have, like, as you were saying, having that relationship, um, and respect and, and good sound knowledge of what you do can be invaluable mm-hmm. in being a, a sense you become a resource for them. Right. They turn to you as the voice of authority mm-hmm. on what makes sense um, and how to appropriately craft and implement policy. Right. Right. It's amazing how, you know, it's, it's funny. Before I got into the government space, which is I don't want to say how many years ago now, but but before I did. And even though I had come from a family that, you know, cared a whole lot about politics and was fairly well involved. I'm not sure I understand. I understood really the sausage making in a positive way, right? You always hear about like all the horrible things about how, how laws get made and how policy happens. And it's all backdoor deals with, you know, smoke filled rooms and whatever, but there are really positive ways that you can influence public policy and public policy to me, is not Democrat or Republican for the most part. Most of this stuff, you know, I'm talking to the Republican, I'm talking to the Democrat, and having the exact same conversation, and they're responding exactly the same way because it's, wow, this is hurting my constituents. We need to do something about this. Now, they may have different approaches to how to do something about it, but both sets care deeply about the, the issues that their constituents are facing and figuring out a way to address those. Absolutely. I mean, they're as, as jaded as you want to be about Congress when you think big C whole group of Congress. The truth is individual members are there to represent their constituents, right? So they need to be the more information they have in front of themselves as these decisions come across their desk on how they're going to infect, affect individuals in their district and companies in their district, they're going to be grateful that you are someone they can rely on to get that information mm-hmm. and they're going to do their best to, to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, just as an, an example going on right now that I can guarantee was because members of Congress were listening to and getting feedback from the defense contracting world is the the Democratic um, House bill, Stimulus 4, as they're kind of calling it, the HEROES Act, that the House is going to vote on today. Now, I'll say this with a caveat that, you know, it, it is not likely that this version of the HEROES Act is going to become law. But if you look at the provisions in it that are within defense, there is not much spending for DOD, but there are specific provisions in there for defense contractors. Mm-hmm. like you know making more telework um available and and possible for defense contractors not not giving adverse performance ratings because of disruption um from coronavirus right 15 day turnaround for payments that i guarantee is because of some good lobbying yeah right and i i i don't mean that that has to necessarily mean that the big lobbying company has come in and provided it but that the the message of what the defense industry really needed was heard one way or another. Right. Right. And I think they heard that from, you know, they heard that from the big industry groups. They heard that certainly 
from NDIA. Um, they heard that, I guarantee you, from, you know, Raytheon and Lockheed's government relations departments, because they they all have their own in-house government relations. They heard it from from firms like yours. But, I, you know, I know they were hearing it from firms like mine, too, uh, because right. those were all things that we talked about, particularly the delays in, in payments in particular, our ability to telework even in a even in a secure facility or, you know, without being able to get into the secure facility, being able to telework on meaningful work, because those were the very specific things that I think everyone across the industry was really nervous about. But to your point, also, are those kinds of issues are going to have a much more immediate and deep effect mm-hmm. on small and medium-sized businesses than they are on the really big ones, right? Which is why it's so important that that the voice of small and medium companies are heard as well, not just the needs of, of the really big guys. Right, right. And that's the thing is that the big companies have very different perspectives than we do. And it's funny, you know, again, our perspective is of a you know, services business in uh, the government space. In thinking about what our issues are as a kind of larger small business that is in the government services space, they're very different than the, the issues of both the bigs, but also industries within government contracting that are not you know, professional services based that are mowing lawns, you know, doing laundry, kind of that lower level worker, their issues in terms of their ability to spend uh, the money, the ability for them to get payments, even when they're not able to be in, they're very different than our issues. And so making sure that you have access to the people who are making those decisions and your voice is being heard is hugely important. So, well, I think I think we've we've given some picture of why you want to do this. How do you do this? How do you how do you get to those relationships where they're they're looking to you to be their expert? How do you get to or or you know, do you decide to make that a priority? Um, or is there a way to do it? through your relationships instead of making your own, if that's not something that you want to do yourself to have those relationships? Sure. So, you know, it really, it's going to depend on the company. I mean, that's a horrible way to start that answer. (laughs) But, um, you know, you have to kind of take an internal and external look at what's going to make the most sense. What provides the greatest reach with the lowest cost and the best results? Um, and it, I think that involves looking at the capacity and the skill set of who's on your team, mm-hmm. whether you think that's something that you have the time and, and skill set and relationships to do internally or to go with an outside firm um, where, you know, the, you know, of course, I have some bias to going with an outside firm, <laughs> um, but um, which, you know, should not come as a big surprise. Right. Um, but but, you know, one the reason we do what we do is because of one, the skill set we have of how the process works, right? Just that technical knowledge mm-hmm. already baked in. Um, and then it's relationships. Um, so much, and I don't mean just 
knowing the members of Congress, which is a big part of, of what we do, and the mayors and, you know, the county commissioners, those kinds of things. But the, the broader spectrum of the business sector within an area, right? So um, we can we can help you to access the, the legislative process and the appropriate members to get that done, help you devise strategy around that that makes sense and, and again, puts it on us to take on that piece. You know, you, you don't have to use your staff time to, to devise those things and to do a lot of the background work of it. Um, but then just having, being able to see the bigger picture of where else there might be connections you should make. Right. Um, that are maybe maybe about legis- that are maybe le- legislatively driven, but also about, you know, what your business development strategy is and where our relationships can help you get there or get there more quickly. Yep. Um, so much about what we do in public affairs is about cutting down the steps. Right. Maybe you could yourself get fr- get the job done but it might take you 13 steps. We, our job is to kind of cut that down, say, you know, what are those steps that we can either do for you mm-hmm. or just step over mm-hmm. and it happen more quickly. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So how does someone go about getting in touch with you if they need help and uh, they need advice or they need guidance or they need your, uh, your ability to get, through some gridlock? Sure. So, you know, at Shoemaker Advisors, we've got a great team that works on all three levels um, and three levels being local, state and federal work. Um, And depending on your needs, you I would I would bring in the appropriate people for you to to talk with to get the best advice from. But we're located um, in downtown Tampa. Um, Our web address is shoemaker.com. Just look for the Shoemaker Advisors piece. We're associated or affiliated with Shoemaker Lupin Kendrick um, Law Firm. So um, you just look for Shoemaker Advisors there. And, you know, always reach out to Lauren. She can help you get in contact (laughs) with me, too. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Carly, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. You know, you and I are true evangelists of making sure that our political leaders are really held accountable and understand the needs of their constituents truly. I am hoping that this got across to everyone else why that's so important, because I do think a lot of people have a different view of, of what that looks like and why just do it or really don't feel like that's the right thing to do or it's it's not well regarded. But it really is part of their job to make sure that they really understand what the needs of their individual constituents are, but also what the needs of their business constituents in their district are, uh, you know, both the congressional level, but also the state, local, community level. And so making sure that you know them, making sure you're talking to them and making sure they're doing what they're supposed to for you is absolutely critical to your success as a business. And I really appreciate you kind of helping guide us through that thought process. It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Well, thank you very much. Uh, And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again.